Sunday, it's seven o'clock and time for the Scots Whehe Show.
perhaps the classic example of what was called at the time the big music. That is The Waterboys and A Pagan Place from the 1984 album of the same name, which I think was the first track of theirs I ever heard. And there's a six CD box set called How the Waterboys Made This Is The Sea and saw The Whole Of The Moon coming out in February for all you Waterboys completists. Hello and welcome to the Scotswe Hay Show on Cam Glen Radio. My name is Ali Braidwood and for the next couple of hours I'll play you the very best Scottish music. We also have all of our regular features. Our artist of the week is Aster Eves, who I'll be talking to, as well as playing their new single. The featured album is a classic album. It's Trash Can Sinatra's Weightlifting, and I'll play a couple of tracks from it. And there are book, TV, podcast and gig recommendations for you to consider. That's all to come, but first we have three of the best new releases to kick the show off properly, starting with a beautiful collaboration between Catherine Williams and Withered Hand, and this is Shelf.
that you're always making me say something that I would never say. You write me into all your sad songs, so you don't get in the way. Gonna have to pick myself up. It's time. 
And the first of those three new releases was Catherine Williams and Withered Hand and Shelf. And there's an album called Wilson and Williams coming out in April, but it's available to pre-order now if you head over to their Bandcamp page. And then you heard George Demure and Circles. And George has an album called Ear Candy Dandy coming out in early February, so very soon. And news about even more new albums, because then you heard Heisk and Josie Duncan and Tutti Footy and Heisk's new album, Headstrong, came out on Friday there, and I'll play further tracks from it in the coming weeks. Potentially a future featured album, I'm sure. I'm going to keep on with the new music, and next is an artist I've only discovered recently. This is Ox and Curious. <laughs> Changing lenses Review 
and that was Ox and Curious, which is taken from the EP in Order of Disappearance, which is out now. And Ox is Edinburgh-based musician and producer JJ McGowan. Now it's time for our book recommendation for this week, and it's Olga Vochas's Miss Blaine's Prefect and The Gondola of Doom, which is published by Saraban Books. And here's some blurb from the back of the book to tell you all about it. 50-something Edinburgh librarian Shona McMonagall is a proud former pupil and prefect of the Marcia Blaine School for Girls. Impeccably educated and an accomplished linguist, mathematician, martial artist and musician, she is instructed to travel back in time for a crucial mission in Venice. Finding the city afflicted by what appears to be a new outbreak of the plague, Shona soon encounters the Cornetto family of gondoliers. Lately, a number of their passengers have met a watery fate. Coincidence? Unlikely. She dons a mask, goes undercover and seeks inspiration in the nearest library. But the mystery only deepens. Why do the Cornettos seem so flaky and their explanations wafer thin, even as they proclaim their innocence? What is going on at the printworks? Shona's powers of deduction, dissection and prowess as a swimmer are put to the test as she realises that a bitter feud is at play. Can Shona unravel the tapestry of lies and get to the truth? It's a race against time, but one should never underestimate a librarian. And this is the latest in Olga Vochas's superb Miss Blaine's Prefect series. Previous entries include The Golden Samovar, The Vampire Menace and The Weird Sisters. And while you don't have to have read them before you read The Gondola of Doom, I highly recommend you do read them. These books are among the most witty, clever and smart novels around and Olga Vochas clearly has a ball in playing around with history, literature and clashes of culture. And in the shape of Shona McMonagall, we have a hero for our times and for all time. If you haven't yet been introduced, this is the perfect place to get acquainted. And that's me talking about Olga Vochas's Miss Blaine's Prefect and the Gondola of Doom, which is out now, or at least very, very soon, with Saraban Books. Don't miss out. We continue now with some more new music. This is the latest from Dancer, and it's called Passionate Sunday. Passionate Sunday. Thank you. 
And that was Josephine Sillers and Move Higher. Josephine, a favourite of Scott Swayhe and former Artist of the Week. And she's going to be at the Old Hairdressers in Glasgow on the 9th of March supporting Be Like Pablo. That should be a cracking night. And before that, you heard Dancer and Passionate Sunday. Dancer's Cordon Blue was one of Scott Swayhe's favourite tracks of last year. And that's a great way for them to kick off 2024. And now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break, that time in every show where we play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio. Although, to be fair, this has often been played on the radio. This is the full 6 minutes and 41 seconds of Al Stewart's Year of the Cat.
what a great song that is. That is Al Stewart and Year of the Cat. And I play that because it was one of the covered songs at the Roaming Roots Review at the Barras in Glasgow as part of this year's Celtic Connections. It was a great night of music. And it was covered with the help of two trash can Sinatras, more of whom very soon. But that was Ali's comfort break for this week. Another new release next. This is Sights and their latest single, Words.
That's a wonderful blast from the past. That was Boards of Canada and Reach for the Dead, taken from their classic album Tomorrow's Harvest. And before that, he had the new single from Sights and it's called Words. And Sights are doing a short tour on the 31st of January. They'll be at Whelan's Pub in Dublin. And on Thursday, the 1st of February, they'll be at the Poetry Club in Glasgow. And on the 6th of February, they'll be in London at The Grace. Now it's time for our TV recommendation for this week. and It's a Screen 2 BBC adaptation of Muriel Sparks' fantastic novel, Memento Mori. It was first broadcast back in 1992. It's great to be able to catch up with it. What a cast it has. Before I talk about the cast, here's a bit about the storyline. Memento Mori follows the antics of a group of elderly friends in 1950s London. Among the group is Dame Letty Colston, who is being plagued by telephone calls from a mysterious stranger with a disturbing message, Remember you must die. Soon, those associated with the strident old lady also receive the unexplained phone calls, each with the same chilling reminder. Dame Letty's brother, Godfrey Colston, is concerned about the phone calls, but preoccupied by his own troubles. He is attempting to conceal past and present indiscretions from his wife, whose advanced age seems to be getting the better of her wits. Scheming housekeeper Mabel Pettigrew sees her employer's predicament as an opportunity to blackmail him. Godfrey's young acquaintance, Olive Mannering, is also harbouring a secret in the form of a visitor whose presence is likely further to upset the Colstons. And it's a fantastic adaptation. If you know the book, you'll know the story. But if you don't, this is a great place to check it out. And then I would advise you to go and read the novel. The cast are just fantastic. You've got Maggie Smith as Mabel Pettigrew, Michael Hordon as Godfrey Colston, Renee Asherson as Charmaine Colston, Stephanie Cole, the ageless Stephanie Cole, as Dame Letty Colston, a brilliant turn from Thor Heard as Jean Taylor. You've also got Zoe Wanamaker, Cyril Cusack, John Wood, Morris Denham, and on and on. It's a great collection of some of the finest actors Britain produced in the 20th century, most of them uh, in older age. It's the perfect cast for this story. It's called Memento Mori and it's on iPlayer at the moment, but not for too much longer. So if you want to watch it, get in there quickly. And that is our TV recommendation for this week. You're listening to the Scots We Hay Show and I'm Ali Braidwood and now it's time for our featured album and I mentioned that Frank Reader and John Douglas from the Trashcan Sinatras were part of Roddy Hart's Roman Roots Review at the Barras in the first weekend of Celtic Connections and it made me dig out my old Trashcan Sinatra albums and probably my favourite is 2004's Weightlifting and that's going to be our featured album for this week and from it this is All the Dark Horses. On the sunset Horses
And that was Trash Can Sinatras and All the Dark Horses, which is taken from our featured album for this week, which is Weightlifting. I'll play another track from it later in the show. Next is a new release from some old favourites. This is James King and the Lone Wolves, and My Queen Has Lost Her Crown.
And that is James King and the Lone Wolves, the first new music from them for some time. And there is an album called The Mortality Arcade coming out in May, released with Last Night from Glasgow. Looking forward to that. Now it's time for our Artist of the Week, who are Aster Eves. In a moment, I'll be talking to Alyssa and Kyle from the band, but not until you've heard their latest single. This is Listen. Bye. 
And you've just heard Listen, the latest single from Aster Eves. And I'm joined by Alyssa and Kyle from the band. Hello, both. Hello. It's be here. Hi. Hi. And what can you tell us about Listen? Um, yeah, Listen is our latest single. Um, it's kind of part of a, a series of uh, music we recorded. This has been kind of spanning the past three years, to be honest. Um, but we're kind of been releasing um, singles one after the other. Um, and yeah, Listen is um, probably one of the songs that, I mean, I'm really proud of out of the, the ones that we recorded. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it just kind of embodies a lot of our style and um, kind of chaotic leanings and uh, like lyrically, um, I think it's it's quite a good one as a band to like put forth as like our this is what we do kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting that you should say that because I was comparing it to Crimson, which we'll hear later on. And they're they're quite different songs, but they both sound like Aster Eves. You've seemed to have come across your sound, you know, quickly. Is that a fair thing? Is that something you were looking to do? Um, Kyle, did you want to say anything? Um, that that's quite a difficult one to say. I mean, I I think for for me, um, for for all the songs that were recorded, there's uh, it it was quite interesting to. Um, to hear how they all kind of work together and um, and to kind of you know hear back what our what our sound is. I don't think we were very conscious of that um, at the time of recording the songs and you know like during the process. Obviously, we had certain directions we wanted to go with certain songs and stuff and certain influences, but um, yeah, it, it's it's not till you kind of listen to them back as a group a group of songs and and hear the the sort of um the kind of familiar sort of sound that they all share um so yeah i, I think it was purely accidental <laughs> but i suppose it um when you when you work uh together on something for um for especially over such a long time i think we got to know a little bit more about what each other like in music and um and and obviously learning how each other kind of how, how we work and uh and and recording and and writing um so yeah it's kind of the it's kind of the product of what we've sort of learned about each other i think uh, throughout the process and uh and it's good to it's good to well it's nice to hear that you share share that opinion that we've we've kind of got a sound um that's unique to us it's something i've never thought about until now but i guess bands probably listen to their music so differently to listeners to, to fans people that listen because to me your sound emerges with each release and then you can go and say well that sounds like another Asterif song, but maybe for you guys, it's actually looking backwards and seeing where it's all come from and where it's built up, and you go, "Oh yeah, that does sound like us." Is that fair, or is that just hooey that I just come up with? Yeah, like I feel like it's a lot to do with other people's perspectives on our music too, because like <laughs> Steve, like before we started releasing anything, like we had this like group of songs 
and we were like, do these even go together? Does this even sound coherent? Um, and like, even until like you kind of mentioned that we're kind of, we're still like doubtful of like, do we have, is this our sound? I don't know. Do they sound just like similar? Um, but yeah, I think having outside perspective really kind of helps solidify <laughs> our, our style in a way. And you said the word uh, Alyssa chaotic when you're putting the music out there, and it, do, it so doesn't sound chaotic. It sounds, I mean, obviously it's not effortless, but it's got that kind of feel to it—the kind of almost, um, what's the word? I get almost an ambient sound to it, particularly on listen. You know that 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 comes across. It's it's got that feel to it. How do you work on that, or is that something that just comes out between the the musical relationship between the two of you? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say my bit, and then I think I'll like, add a little bit on this possibly. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's definitely a mix of our styles. Like um, when I started uh, this project, it was like it um, it was just like a project I started from college called Aster, and it was very like that ambient um, kind of bass, which I think Kyle does also like lean into a lot. Um, but yeah, Kyle brings a lot more like, um, kind of, uh, dynamic noise, like maybe a bit more of the chaos. I don't know. I feel like we're both kind of chaotic in a way. So I don't know. Kyle, if you want to say. Yeah, I think, um, so we, we worked a lot together, like sitting in the same room, but we also worked a lot separately and, um, yeah, I think whether whether we're in a room together or or kind of in the zone separately, um, it it can be quite uh, quite radical things that that come out of that, um, and we can kind of surprise each other. I think with that, <laughs> with the the sort of update um, on a track, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, as I suppose another thing that well, w one thing that we we kind of shared was the the sort of move towards more uh, involving more synth stuff and more um more electronic uh, but like process beats and um and stuff like that because it, like the band had sort of started as a guitar band right essentially and um and that was kind of my background as well um, in different bands, and then it, as we kind of developed the sound, um, you know, it was kind of, it was it's not like brand new ground for both of us, but it was um, it's certainly the the biggest sort of effort I've um, been involved with to 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 move towards more electronic sounds and stuff. So, yeah, and. Give us a little bit to the background. How did you come to work together? How did Aster become Aster Eves? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we like met four years ago, which was honestly around the same time Listen was kind of like formulating. Uh -huh. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, we, we met through uh, just like mutual friends, basically, um, being both kind of involved in the music scene and kind of more generally in, in Glasgow. Um, 
we had mutual friends and um i had lost a guitarist at the time and kyle reached out like like perfect timing being like hey <laughs> um i can play guitar if you want if you need a guitarist and i was like i do so it kind of just all worked out yeah and uh, kyle were you aware of astor's music before um you know were you aware of Alyssa's music rather before you you, you um, joined uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd had a nose around Bandcamp. Um, there was some tracks up there at the time. I don't know if they're even still there, but um, uh, I liked what I'd heard. Um, I was aware of Alyssa, um, yeah, you know, against her uh, mutual friends, but um, I'd never actually heard her or the band perform, but... Um, I I just sort of heard this. There, there was this sort of story going around that that she played jazz, which <laughs> uh, is very jazzy, um, and uh, I suppose um, the the way that Alyssa writes um, guitar parts, there are often some quite unusual chords and chord changes and stuff in there, which is which is really cool. And and, and I was um, so I was. I was really excited to kind of hear the the songs that she'd put up and to finally put the kind of music to the to the myth almost. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it's it's not well, it's not really uh, jazz as such. It's certainly jazzier than anything that um, I've been involved with before. Um, so that that was that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I just uh, it was just like Alyssa says, it was just good timing. I think um, I, I just kind of um, well, I'd been playing a lot of gigs with with another band um, who were like really great and well, still are really great in what what they do and stuff. But um, uh, this is something that I've really uh, connected with in a different way. So. Uh, if anyone listening isn't aware, there will be a, a video version of this, and to see Alyssa's reaction to the word jazz being named and everything, it's worth nothing, watching alone. It was tremendous. Nothing jazz. I love jazz. It's just, it feels too big a, a genre to put on myself. And I love that, that uh, the music to the legend, you're going to have to get that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you've released... A singles at a time, you know, and not, not exactly, you know, quickly after each other. Is that a? How do you look upon making and releasing music these days? Because I think it's changed. The approach has maybe changed in recent years. Yeah, I think that's definitely the part we struggle with the most. <laughs> Both me and Kyle are kind of, I think, similar in this way, where it's just, it's, it's a lot like emotionally to release music, and like. When you're doing it all independently you also need to have this like objective business view of it yeah well, which is really really hard and like trying to look at yourself and look at your own music making is really quite difficult um so it's yeah it's very emotionally straining for us i think <laughs> so that's maybe why the releases are a bit um more separate but um it also gives us more time to like plan and strategize, I guess, having the releases so like far apart from each other. And yeah, 
like our current obviously our current thinking and stuff plays into it as well and like we learn more as time goes on so yeah but uh, from from my point of view i think that's no bad thing because if you make a really outstanding single and release it then someone like me or other listeners are looking forward to the next one and it's quite good not to just say, well, that's out next week or that's out next month. It's, you know, it's good to have people thinking, I can't wait to hear the next Aster Eve release. I don't think there's any right or wrong way of doing it at all. But I think if that's your way, then go for it. Yeah, rare, rare little sprinklings of songs. <laughs> uh, and, and Kyle, is there, m with releases in mind, are there others that you can talk about coming out this year or are you still kind of concentrating one at a time? So we've got a we've got a couple of songs left over from that kind of period. Um, that as I say, we've we've listened to them as like you know like a, a set of uh, five songs, um, and they seem to be reasonably cohesive. I mean, I think the the, the releasing things individually, like the the songs that were, you know, that this yeah, listens the third song we've released in it, and I think. Across the three songs, there's a commonality, but there's often, but there's also, um, uh, they're, they're also quite different in their own way, I suppose. So, so they feel quite good to, it feels good to have released them separately. Um, but I think we will probably, uh, release the 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 sort of rest of the tracks and kind of package it as an EP, um, in the coming coming months, I would say, um, to kind of, uh you know, to kind of signify that, that we've, we've, you know, mission accomplished on that one and uh, we can move on to the other stuff that we're doing. I mean, we're we're already ahead of the game with that. We've, we've not really stopped writing new stuff. Um, we do have, I mean, if you want a really big secret, we do have another song that's like much more in the, in the kind of, uh, I guess it leans towards like our newer direction with the music um, that we we completed um, actually quite a while ago. Um, so I don't think that will be too far behind the EP. And uh, that's, I'm right, uh, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. And <laughs> uh, that's really interesting to hear because it goes back to Alyssa what you said about you're there to make music and the love of making music and the emotion that's put into making music. And I guess that's always what you want to do. I've spoken to a few bands who are then talking about the music that they are releasing now, but actually what they're interested in is the stuff they're working on now, the new stuff. You know, that, to them, that's already in the past, but because of the way things work, you have to have some kind of schedule to put it out for people to hear. And is that the kind of complex things? Would you guys rather be you know, in a room working on something new. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's hard not to, like, let things in your present influence, like, the feelings and emotions of when you recorded previous stuff. Um, and it you kind of do need to, like, time travel a bit when you're releasing music. And it's like, what was I even thinking at the time? I don't know. <laughs> what was this even influenced by? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's yeah. like... So, so when I, I ask a question, apparently as simple as what can you tell us about listen, you have to kind of go, actually, what can I tell you about listen? That was so long ago. 
And what about Asterisk's the live experience? How does it work? Yeah, so there's um, there's three of us currently. Um, it's obviously me, Kyle, and then uh, Lewis who plays bass um, for us as well. And yeah, so our setup is kind of again leaning towards more of the present, our present leanings towards electronic music. And uh, so we've got like a sample sample pad, uh, like a, a Roland SP four hundred four, which does like the drum beats. Um, and then uh, that's kind of our like our base where we uh, we still have like guitars and stuff. Um, so it's it's very much like a mix of live instruments and electronic music at the moment. Um, we don't know if we're gonna keep that set up or maybe delve more into the electronic elements, but people are people are like responding quite well to like the mixture of live instruments and electronic. Um, which is really, really cool. And I was asking someone about this recently, but do you feel, I mean, we talked right at the beginning about sounding like Aster Reeves. Do you feel any pressure then in, to kind of have a, a, an idea of how you sound or a genre in your head? Could you feel quite free to just do what you want rather than what other people's expectations are? Yeah, I feel like if we, if we like uh, played people's uh, expectations we would be a completely different band probably more successful to be honest <laughs> um, but no I feel like we kind of we both are kind of in a way very driven in our own style like we just kind of do what we want and how we feel um, and yeah I think it's very based as well around what we're currently listening to which for me and Kyle I, I think it it's like constantly changing, evolving. So it it always does influence the music making um, and where we are at the moment. I don't know, Kyle, if you wanted to add anything to this. It's just kind of brought something to mind, I suppose, when we were when we were rehearsing, it was you know, you're you're almost kind of deconstructing the track that's been made and figuring out how to convey that live um when it's been you know, for the most part, only kind of existed in a in like a sort of uh, production, uh, like in, in the in the production phase. Um, so coming together as a band to try and to try and perform those songs, um, you know, involved a bit of compromise from what we were kind of extracting from from the tracks as they were in terms of the beats and the sounds, and you know, and versus how much guitar and stuff we were we were putting in. Um, so I think um, we managed to kind of I think there's probably as Alyssa says it, the guitar and stuff's been quite well received just now and I, and I, and I think it's it's nice that um, the way that we've had to perform the songs hasn't felt too artificial or anything um, even though we've been using a lot of kind of pre-recorded stuff in the show um, I think we've we've sort of really found our places within that. And it's, um, I guess there's been sort of like heavier, heavier moments or parts of songs where there's a bit more, you know, that's certainly louder and more dynamic, I guess, than what it, what it was even on the recording. So, yeah, that's been pretty fun. Uh, that's interesting. So if people come along to the live experience, they may get something different from what they've heard on the, the record and on the recording. Yeah, definitely. And I, it'll be interesting to see how that, 
how that works in the future. If, if if we start writing sort of in the rehearsal studio, like writing as well, you know, it, it might end up being the opposite with the next recordings if we were to switch that up and we're kind of already playing them as we would be playing them live to record them. But um, I don't know, it's quite fun working it back the other way, although it's more work. Well, I look forward to seeing you live soon. Uh, I, I really think it would be quite special. I'm a big fan of your music, so thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're also a big fan of your um, radio show and podcast. Like oh, that. thank you so much. And this is Aster Eves and Crimson.
I just love that. That is Aster Eves and Crimson. And thanks again to Alyssa and Kyle for taking the time to talk to me. This is the Scott Swahey Show, and my name is Ali Braidwood. And next up, it's a new release from two amazing musicians who I saw last Sunday at Celtic Connections. They are Alice Allen and Patsy Reed, and together, this is Mrs. Forsyth's Strathspey of Morloch. <laughs> Thank you. 
Cause you run too fast First you heard Alice Allen and Patsy Reed and Mrs. Forsyth Strathbay of Morlock, which is from the album Strathbay Queens 2, which is out now. 
And just there, that was Mull Historical Society and Not Enough Sorry. And on a forthcoming Scots Way podcast, should be there later this week, there's an interview with Colin McIntyre, who is, of course, Mull Historical Society, all about the latest album, In My Mind, There's a Room. It was a brilliant chat. I really do recommend that to you. And talking of podcasts, it's now time for our podcast recommendation for this week. And it is the Lost Map podcast from Lost Map Records. It's hosted by Pictish Trail himself. And the latest one, well, here's a bit more about it. It's the start of a brand new year and your old pal Pictish Trail is here to massage your inevitable Hogmanay hangover with an hour of musical goodness from the Lost Map label. I should say it came out on the 1st of January. We've got tunes for you from Sulka, Makeness, Kinboat and Susan Bear, plus a bit of goss about some upcoming Pictish tour dates and inside scoop on a Lost Map showcase at The Social in London. Our featured interview this month is with Victoria Hume, who talks us through the making of her brand new album, Radical Abundance. Uh, it's a great interview with Victoria Hume, and these are great podcasts. I've only discovered them recently. They release them, I think, on the first of every month. It's called The Lost Map Podcast, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts from. And since we were talking about Victoria Hume, I thought I would play a track from her album right now. This a steady state a steady state no acceleration see that cliff wouldn't you like to slow the car down see how the road rushes up restraint we all understand a lasso back from the edge Thank you. 
Victoria Hume and Steady State, which is taken from the album Radical Abundance, which is out now with Lost Map Records. And just there you heard Bunkhouse and Saramago, which is taken from their album My Reptile Brain, their excellent album My Reptile Brain. And Bunkhouse are Chris Elkin on vocals, guitars and keys, Laura Kelly on vocals and bass and Arian Zenos on sax and drums and they make a wonderful, wonderful noise. Now we return to our featured album for this week, which is Trashcan Sinatra's Weightlifting, and from it, this is the title track, and it just happens to be one of my all-time favourite songs. This is Trashcan Sinatra's and Weightlifting. I discovered Talk 
And that was Trashcan Sinatra's and Weightlifting, taken from the album of the same name, and it is our featured album for this week. And if you fancy seeking out a copy, I would suggest going for the 2019 re-release, because there's some sleeve notes by Pete Perfidis, which are just fantastic. Just at the very end of them, Pete says, like the hills around Glen Rosa mentioned on free time, weightlifting as an album painstakingly sculpted by heavy weather. And like the hills around Glen Rosa, therein lies its beauty. It is a beautiful album. If you don't know it, you are in for an absolute treat. And that was our featured album for this week. And now it's time for our pick of the gigs for the week ahead. And it's another Celtic Connection special. So these are all Glasgow gigs. And first of all, we've got Andrew Vaslick and Gerard Love, who are going to be at the Macintosh Church on Tuesday, the 30th of January. On Wednesday, the 31st, at St. Luke's, the legendary Federation of Disco Pimps take to the stage. On the next night, also at St. Luke's, Steve Mason is going to be in town. 
On Friday the 2nd, Natty and Kirsten Adamson are at Oren Moor, which would be another great night. And on Saturday the 3rd, Martin Green and the Whitburn Brass Band are going to be at the tramway in the south side of Glasgow. I spoke to Martin recently on a Scots We Hey podcast about his love of brass music. Well worth checking out that podcast. And certainly, if you're interested, go and see Martin Green and the Whitburn Brass Band at the tramway on Saturday the 3rd. And that's our pick of the gigs for the week ahead. And we've only got time for one more before we see Cheerio, but it's a thing of instrumental beauty. This is Fraser McPherson and Overgrown Garden. Fraser McPherson and Overgrown Garden. And I'm afraid that's all for another week. This has been the Scots Way Hay Show and I've been Ali Braidwood and I hope you found something to investigate further. If you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, you can go to camglenradio.org forward slash listen again or you can head over to scotswayhay.com where you'll find all the old shows, podcasts, reviews, interviews, all sorts of things waiting for you. And if you've enjoyed the show, why not tell your friends? The more, the merrier. And I hope we can all meet up next Sunday at 7 o'clock and do it all over again. And I'm going to leave you with someone else who was part of Roddy Hart's Roman Roots Review. This is Eddie Reader and Bell Book and Candle. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Oh
is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do and it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Cam Glen Radio. 
community announcements. University Hospital Wishaw is recruiting for the Edinburgh and Lothian's Viral Intervention Study in kids to see if salt water nose drops can help children with colds get better faster and be less likely to pass on the virus to others. If you have a child under 7 years of age, you may be able to help join the fight. To find out more, visit elviskids.co.uk or contact the Lanarkshire Elvis Kids Study on 07976 320284. If you're struggling to clear debt on your energy bills, you can apply for a grant from British Gas Energy Trust. Before applying, you should seek some financial advice. Money Matters in the local area can help. You can call them on 0300 029 041. Find out more about the grants by visiting BritishGasEnergyTrust.org.uk And finally, Urban Roots are looking for volunteers to support growing spaces in the south side of Glasgow, including Malls Mire. If you have an interest in community gardens, you can contact them on 0141 613 2766 or email emma at urbanroots.org.uk.